Tigers and uh, Roosters, are you going to finally tip the Tigers once or what? Oh, oh, they'll finally back on the Tigers. <laughs> Watch me stop them. To the dummy half. Slow play the ball coming. 90 seconds remaining. Mitchell Pierce from Kennedy. He scores. Well, there you go. Two tries of the career. And both against the Tigers. And he seals it here today. On a crazy afternoon. Kennedy scores to take the Roosters out to 40 to 28. And stop him, he did. Well done, Matty Duncan. You have stopped the Tigers. What was it six or seven games in a row they'd won? And he tipped him, and that was the end of him. Welcome to the Footy Show, episode 112, everybody. I'm Warwick Nicholson, your host. I'm going to be joined by Brad Walter from the Sydney Morning Herald in just a few seconds to open up the show and talk about how rugby league will be differently covered uh, with the news that the Fairfax group has decided to cut a whole host of jobs at the Herald. Will the Telegraph be following them? Uh, also talk about some immortal stuff with him. The eighth immortal is named at the end of this year. And I've also got Maria Cialis wrapping up the show with the Women in League round, as well as Matty Duncan previewing round 16. And DC Chapman uh, giving his oh heavily researched view on all things rugby league. It's been a great week in rugby league this time last week. New South Wales have leveled the series one all. And we'll have Brad Walter from the Herald right after this on Not The Footy Show. Take out the papers and the trash. Or you don't get no spending cash. If you don't scrap that kitchen floor, you ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety yak. Excuse me, I just have never heard this kind of music before. Okay everyone, an old favourite is back on Not The Footy Show once again, episode 112. Um, unfortunately not in the greatest of circumstances, but we've got Brad Walter from the Sydney Morning Herald here to discuss a bit, uh, really the changes that are happening over at Fairfax. And uh, Brad, welcome to the show. <laughs> doing, I think, a little bit better than, I guess, a lot of your colleagues at Fairfax. Oh, yeah, it's, a, it's a, um, I suppose, an interesting time in in journalism and in the media, and there's a lot of changes happening, at, not just at Fairfax, but at News Limited, but, and a lot of uncertainty, I suppose, over the future of newspapers. Um, but I think no matter what does happen, and obviously there's, there's going to be job losses at, at Fairfax, um, but, but, but no matter what happens, um, people are still going to want to read about sport, rugby league, news, uh, and whether they're getting their news on a mobile phone or an iPad or reading it in a newspaper, um, it's still it's, it's still going to be the same same type of people doing the same type of role. It's a very so good point. Yeah. journalism's dead. No, no, not at all. I think it's something that I think definitely observing in the, in the US market, the actual broadsheets and stuff, they've been uh, basically winding up and they've been going towards that online environment. Um, a quick summation basically is that um, Fairfax have cut a whole bunch of jobs at the entire, it's including the plant and including the style of the of the paper. Uh, can you just give our listeners a quick rundown on, on what you understand the paper, how the paper will change? Yeah, so look, the, the details that we've been told so far is that uh, there's going to be 1,900 jobs going across Fairfax. It's going to include about 300 uh, in editorial, and that's, that's the Sydney Morning Herald, the Newcastle Herald, the Illawarra Mercury, the Canberra Times, the Age in Melbourne, um, in, in particular, the, 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 the main market yeah. um, that are going to be affected. The, the paper, the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age are going to go to a full tabloid. 
uh, second days of March next year, so it's going to be a tabloid. Okay. They're going to scale back on printing. Uh, I'm going to print less papers, basically. Um, yeah. uh, and, and I suppose the distribution area will, will be be more the sort of metropolitan uh, area of areas of, of Sydney and Melbourne, and they, they won't go so much to the bush. They're going to push uh, online subscriptions, um, and, and I, there's more things to be announced. I, I don't know the full details, but what I do know is there's going to be a policy of going to pretty much to online first. And so people like myself, we're going to be writing f- uh, more for the internet uh, and then we are for for the paper. We're still going to be in the paper. Yep. There's still going to be there's still is going to be a newspaper at this stage. Um, but we're going to, you're going to see a lot of stories appear on the internet um, before you see them in the paper. Okay, so basically the the coverage is going to be maintained. Um, I guess the, the long and the short of it is, and I know from the the area that I'm in working with the club sites is that the length, I guess, is the big thing that's going to going to take a hit. Um, your ability to, I guess, tell as big of a story as maybe you might get in your in your paper um, columns or, or source as much information. As a, a guy who's been doing, obviously, the, the Herald and, and that sort of real journalism for, for as long as you have, is it, in, I guess, what's your viewpoint on, on moving away from, I guess, completing that, uh, make sure you get all your things in a line to where you've got the pressure of getting a story out? like that and what it'll be like. I think at the end of the day, the same principles are going to apply. Yep. You've got to get your facts right before you can go to, yep. go to print and whether Good. that's you know, whether that's in a newspaper or online, you've got to make sure that you, you, you're factually correct. So you can't just, you know, you, you, you can't just go and throw, throw things out on the internet and, um, you know, and, and worry about it later. You've got to have the same principle. So um, I think that that will be important. I think there will be some sort of deadlines anyway. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of, I think that it may be the easiest way to explain it, to try and explain to people, and I see this as probably a benefit to the reader, yep. is that uh, at a game on a Friday night or a Saturday night at, at the moment, um, I will file at full time, and that will go into some editions of the newspaper, uh, and then I'll file again later on after I've been to the dressing dressing rooms, and my deadline for that will be like 10.30 or 11pm at night, yep. and that will go in basically in the metro editions of the Sydney Morning Herald. Well, what's going to happen now is that, uh, that that's going to go straight up on the internet. So people will be able to read the, you know, at full time there'll be a match report, and the, effectively the story that is in Saturday's um, Metro edition, the Sydney Morning Herald, will be on the internet uh, at about 11 p.m. on a Friday night. Okay. And it'll still be in the paper yep. uh, the next day. But if you if you source your news, they say about 75 percent of uh, of consumers source their news now on on uh, or, you know on phones or, or on the internet. Uh, and about 25% from the papers, you know, uniquely from the newspapers. So, you know, there still is a market and there still is a demand for, for newspapers, but um, people are going to get, if they want to, and if they want to consume it on, on the internet or online, they're going get, to get it first. And I think that's a really good point that you made as you were explaining that is, look, you're not just going to publish anything. Um, you're going to publish the stuff that for, I mean, as long as I've remembered um, growing up, it's been the Herald that I've always gone to for, for really the, the view on league. And I think it's really encouraging to hear that um, I think Fairfax get it, and obviously all you uh, senior journos there get it, that we want, still want the quality of, of production. We want the, the quality of the stories, the, the based on fact stories, rather than, unfortunately, what we seem to get now, that the, 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 the medium's changed so much um, that it's all about the biggest story or the, the sensational story. And it's good to hear that you guys, obviously, um, you're going to have to change a certain style and way you, you release, but the same principles are going to be. That's really good to hear. The thing that I really wanted to bring up is 
um, I've asked this question around the office and around a few of my friends in the last week, or the last since the news broke, and the issue of the paywall or the digital subscription or the whatever you're going to call it, um, of all the major media outlets in Australia, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show, but of all the ones, I believe that the Herald has got the strongest name and the strongest content to be able to actually pull it off. Do you agree with that? publication, The Guardian, or The Daily Telegraph in the UK, for example, The New York Times, I think to get people to pay for things that they're used to getting for free on, online uh, is going to be near impossible. And I think what you have to offer them is um, added experts, quality, you know, quality is, quality is number one. Yeah. Uh, and, you do, and as you say, a name and a reputation. I don't, and I don't believe that, that people are going to be asked to pay uh, just for, what, for things that they're already getting for free. I think that the subscriptions, you know, will give people access to things that they don't currently get. Okay. Uh, exactly how that's going to work, I'm not sure. I think we're also heading towards, to be honest, some convergence now of, um, of online print uh, television, for example, and yep. I think pretty soon, you know, you'll be you'll be able to turn on your television and you can go to, to smh.com.au on your TV, exactly. and you, you'll be able to watch video, um, you'll be able to read stories, um, you'll be able to interact, uh, you know, and, and things like that. But I mean, and I mean, this is how fast the world is changing. Yep. Gary Lanell, who, who, who is he's in charge of a lot of this at the Herald at the moment, he, he gets to the staff, don't ask me what about, don't ask me to tell you what's going to happen in the future because <laughs> I don't really know. He said four years ago, I would never have predicted that people are going to be reading um, re- reading newspapers on uh, an iPad because it hadn't been ex- it hadn't been invented. Then. I can <laughs> tell you there's another stat that's similar to that. The last last time New South Wales won a State of Origin series, which isn't really that long ago, six years, <laughs> the iPhone hadn't been invented. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, feel, it feels that long ago to say six years. It's 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 felt terrible. Although, as I said in the opener today, um, it delayed the seventh year got delayed this time last week, which was always a great feeling. A quick one on Origin. Um, what were you what was your take on the first two matches? What's the stat? Um, we haven't had game. we haven't had one Sorry. we haven't had one um, line dropout of both two games. That's right, and Queensland had three in game one and six in yeah. game two. So you know, that, that's that's a bit of an issue. Mitchell Pearce likes to put the ball in the air, yep. not on the ground, and you know yeah we've scored a couple of tries in New South Wales, um, but but not not a lot of not a lot of um, success in maintaining pressure. Um, what was what was encouraging in game two from New South Wales perspective though was that in game one Queensland got down in the New South Wales red zone five times and they scored three tries in game uh, two they were camped down that end a lot more often yep. and yet they only got across the try line twice and that last 20 minutes that's if we win the series it's down to that last 18 minutes keeping them scoreless um, yeah which... that's right and you had that feeling didn't you you thought like, Queensland oh, they do it all the time they're going to they're gonna <laughs> snatch victory here in the last minute or two but didn't happen. New South Wales held him out. I thought it was really encouraging, and you know, I mean, it's the, 
Robbie Farah and what he did in that game, no. he was absolutely fantastic. And then the story that emerged afterwards about you yeah. know how he thought his mum was there and she wasn't there, and then yeah. obviously the it's, it's you know it's a terrible terrible news that, that she passed, she away, passed on, away. Yeah. On Sunday, but I mean it's uh, I, I don't know it's, I can't I can't recall anything like it. And I've got to say I'm full of admiration and courage, uh, admiration um, and praise for, for the courage that he showed. Yeah, and I mean we've had the discussion before, but. Um, Obviously, shifting just to, just to pure football, but uh, what a difference he's made to the Blues. Yeah, oh, he's a great player, Robbie, and you know, it's people who said he wasn't tough enough. I mean, <laughs> to, to, be, to be honest, it's actually quite insulting or yeah. offensive now in hindsight that people have been accusing him of being soft and, and not tough enough because you know he's had to deal with the fact that he's you know he's known that he's for eight months his mum's been you know. Um, his mum was going to pass away. Yep. He had all those personal issues, and he shut them out, and, and and sort of you know kept kept you know kept that in the in the background, and people didn't know what he was going through. I think the big thing from a from a his ability point of view is that he hasn't had the greatest of years. Like the start of the season, he wasn't in as good a form as he'd been two or three years prior when he hadn't made the team, um, and yet he got the chance. He stepped up, and he's been our best player across the first two matches. But I had to push it for a, for a prediction in game number three. Are we going to see? The Blues from games one and two, or are we going to see the Blues from game three last year? Yeah, I'm going to go for. Oh, I think we're going to see the Blues from from uh, from game one and two, yeah, and, and I think so. they might even get better. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pick, pick New South Wales because I think they've got Queensland rattled. Yeah, you know, Queensland know they're coming to get them, and this it's going to be a hell of a game. And uh, you saw the uh, tweet today from Billy Slater. He's uh, doing uh, Suzuki ads, no brace in the knee whatsoever. He's he's fine. He's ready to go. Yeah, well, I think he will be okay to play. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and, and look, Queensland is going to give him right after the net. He doesn't need to train. He's played a million, you know, he's played plenty of times with, with these players and, and for Queensland. So if he can get on the park, he'll be right fine. And, and I suppose, you know, what goes in his favour is the fact he did put, um, he did manage to play out the game yeah. in game two. Um, you know, Glenn Stewart, I understand, he's hopeful that, that he might get to, you know, that he might still play. Um, I'd say that's going to be it's probably unlikely, but... Um, and he'll be a big blow if he's out. Cody Williams is an outside chance. Yeah, fantastic. My mail is, mate, that he uh, could even play this weekend. Yeah, look, that's Manly officials told me last week that um, he definitely wasn't going to play in the Monday night game, but they were hopeful that he would play um, this Sunday against the Roosters. Yep. And they said he, he's, a, he's a week-by-week proposition, but he's, effectively he could be back any time. Now they're sort of talking it down because of the fact, I think, look, you know, he's only played three games for Manly all season, and... and you know, conversations I've had with people at Manly, they're not overly impressed at the fact he was suspended for, and didn't play for them for yep. a 10-week period, seven-match suspension, came back in state of origin, got injured, hasn't played for them since, and now may return, may again find, you know, be playing state of origin. Yeah, and the other thing is he also signed up with the Dogs halfway in between that, so that would have been a nice uh, slap in the face to Manly. But here, the, the thing is that he apparently ran last Friday, um, which is a good sign for the Seagulls. But we have to quickly just move... To the whole um, eighth immortal uh, issue that's coming up, and there's basically three main contenders: uh, Norm Proven, Malmeninga, and Andrew Johns. Um, just your gut feel, mate. Who gets the, the nod at the end of the year? Oh, I reckon Malmeninga, uh, and I reckon it's not just for what he did on the field yep. um, as a player, but for, for what he's done as a coach with Queensland as well. Six and maybe you know seven successive. Um, wins as a coach no no one you know obviously no team's ever done that in history and then as a player you know he 
led the kangaroos on four yeah. four tours, four kangaroo tours. Um, again, you know, no one had ever done that before either. So yeah. I think what he's achieved, yeah. uh, you know, the premierships and the state of origin wins and all of those sort of things, I think um, oh, I think he deserves it. The other thing about Meninga that everyone, I think, glosses over a little bit is, yes, he played for Australia and he won premierships and whatever, but... He was a he. He had done a lot of pressure when he went to Canberra back in '86. Um, he was the stark guy. He played played Origin. He'd been playing up there in Brisbane, and and he went down to Canberra, joined. Um, I think it was Don Ferner was in charge at the time, and you know he he was on a bit of a high to nothing down there if it didn't work out as a big name import. Obviously, they picked up a few other guys from the Queensland competition as well. But everyone needs to remember that was only a team that had been in existence for five years. So that's something else that deserves a, like, a lot of credit is that he went to a team that wasn't established. And then led them to the premierships. It wasn't like they were a good side. He just joined halfway through. Yeah, no, that's right. I hadn't even thought of that that point of view. But um, that, that's hundred percent right, isn't it? Like, you know, he, he was the sort of the bloke that um, I suppose led Canberra in, in those early yep. days and all, and for years right up until nineteen ninety four. And I mean, you know, he went out as well with um, you know, with, with a premiership victory in his last club game as well. You know, just it's been a He's had a, a marvellous career and he's an absolute winner, isn't he? Yeah, everything except for politics. Um, now, we need to <laughs> quickly just have a chat about the other two. Uh, Norm Proman obviously had massive success with the Dragons and uh, I think the biggest thing that probably counts against him is that there's been a few other immortals from that era already get the, get the nod. Um, and so the argument can be that well, he wasn't quite up to their standard back then. Surely there are new players coming through, etc., or have, have retired in recent years that probably deserve the, the nod. And then there's the freak, Andrew Johns, who as a good a player as you'll ever see. Do you think, and this is the question that's come up a lot of times, do you think any of the negative stigma attached to Andrew Johns is going to count against him once the uh, panel sits down and makes their decision? Yeah, no, I, I do, actually. I, I think that, um, that Andrew Johns' um, reputation has been tarnished since he, he stopped playing. Yep. Um, and that, I think that will count against him. I think it's going to take a, a little bit more time. Um, and I think eventually people will forget about that and like, people will look at you know Andrew Johns and marvel at what he achieved on the football field but I don't think uh, that they're ready to do, to do so at the moment finally if there's yep, if, finally if there's one player that's not on the, any of the short lists uh, for the immortal spot that you have seen either as a youngster or, or, or today that you think um, has to be in that argument probably anyone who's retired uh, who would that be? Uh, well, you put me on the spot there but <laughs> I mean the, the player that comes to mind is Darren Lockyer Yep. And I've got no doubt that at some stage, you know, Darren Lockyer will be an immortal. He's achieved everything there is, broken every record, and you know, and, and, some, and he's like one of the best fullbacks the game has ever seen, and he became one of the best five eights the game has ever seen. Uh, and and oh, I've got no doubt that down the track, Andrew Johns and um, Darren Lockyer will, will become immortals. And something else that I think needs to just come up, uh, it's not related to immortal status, but I've got to give Van, uh, Darren Lockyer a rap for the work he's doing on TV. He's actually... Uh, Taken to a, like a duck to water, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's a mate. He's a, he's a very smart bloke. Um, he's probably, you know, as a player, he, he, we didn't hear a lot of him. Uh, we didn't hear a lot of opinions from him. Um, but but it, he he's a pretty smart bloke. He's got a lot of thoughts on on well on a lot of issues. And I, and I know that um, you know behind the scenes, um, Darren Lockyer and uh, Petro Simonasiva have really driven player issues, you know, in terms of yeah. player payments and player rights and players getting involved, you know, building up the RLPA uh, and, and that sort of thing. And, and, yeah, you don't really see a lot of it. Darren is a bit of a, a leader of, of players off the field as well as on it. OK, well, there you go, everybody. Brad Wilder from the Herald giving you a lowdown on what's happening at Fairfax. The future, to an extent, of what's happening with rugby league coverage, rest assured the quality will still remain. 
and finally, mate, uh, only they can see you in the Herald, obviously, but where else can people uh, hear your views on league? Yeah, I'm on um, on the uh, the Big Sports Breakfast on uh, Sky Sports Radio with Terry Kennedy and Michael Slater on uh, every Wednesday morning, about usually at seven forty, and also um, uh, Radio Sport in New Zealand uh, with Alan Alan McLaughlin. Uh, and that's normally on um, that's a Monday morning. That would be Australian time, about ten past eight Australian time, ten past ten uh, in New Zealand. And you can stream that online, I'm sure. Brad Wilder, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, enjoy the rest of uh, the Origin series. Yeah, no, I will, mate. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be great. Thanks very much, Brad. Cheers. Give me, Daddy. I'm doing my tip. I think you started to see the tide change a little bit there. When momentum swung back to Manly's way, they were very dominant. They played a lot of field position, and I think you'll see, again, a game of two halves in the second half. As a doctor, it's important to know how to make small talk. Mr. Bober, what would you like with your turkey sandwich? Pickles. Of course, it's harder if your patient suffers from dementia and can only say one word. And to drink? Pickles. And now, for $1,000 and this bag of IV fluids, which is guaranteed to make you feel like you're 190 again, what did Peter Piper pick a peck of? Pickles. Ooh, I'm sorry, Mr. Bulber. The correct answer is peppers. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. No, babe. Huh? Did I just walk in on you mocking an innocent patient? Yes. I've never felt closer to you. Okay, there was Brad Walter from the Sydney Morning Herald. I will have Matty Duncan in just a few seconds here on Not The Footy Show. Matthew Duncan, it's, uh, everybody, it's our favourite Queenslander, Matthew Duncan here on Not The Footy Show for 112, but I've just uh, had a good chat, I've had a good chat with Brad Walter from the Herald, mate, he's declared New South Wales absolute morals for game number three. Well, there you go, Wallace, well, everyone's entitled to an opinion. <laughs> uh, buddy, uh, we have to talk about a bunch of things uh, coming out of round 15, there's, there's two big ones that I wanted to come up with, but I've got a, a quick feedback file to kick off the episode, mate, with you, and... Um, Oh, you've gone. There we go, everybody. Isn't that beautiful? May Duncan back in three, two, one. Wasn't the old cheek on the iPhone uh, thing, was it, mate? No, I don't know what happened there. Was you were, you were cutting me up, and then then you were gone. Uh, we're back anyway, everybody. Here, uh, Matty Duncan is definitely on the line for at least a little while. I just got a couple of feedback files, mate, from our Facebook page. They opened the show with it today, mate. But uh, Andrew Wales wants to know why you had to step in and stop the Tigers. Mate, um, let's just have a look at the ladder. Who else can you stop? Can you stop the Bulldogs this weekend, please? Um, the Sharks at the bye. How about the Cowboys? For my sake, can you stop the Cowboys for me? You want me to stop the Cowboys? I'll uh, see what I can do for you, Was <laughs> you, can st- you can stop the Raiders instead, yeah? Yep, yep. That one, one game winning streak. And it leads us to the second um, feedback thing, mate. It's from Greg Delaney. He wants to know, how long would you extend David Ferner's contract buy after that fine win over the Knights uh, last week? Uh, can we can we backdate sacking him <laughs> still? Um, my info still is he's gone, um, and 
I just thought I'd uh, pass on something that I saw today in the press, um, just to give you an indication of how good the scouting report is down there at Canberra and how the, the uh, brains trust goes. Don Ferner, the CEO, uh, was talking about the fact that Matt Ballon had knocked back the Raiders, and he said something like, yeah, so uh, Matt was going to wait on seeing what happened with props Tony Williams and Darcy Lussick before he make a, made a decision. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Well, there you go. So uh, if that's... Uh, the extent of the scouting reports down in Canberra explains a lot about their uh, player recruitment in the last few years. They just pick up props. Yeah, no, that's, that's all they want, the props. What's the word on, on who the replacement was? Is there any male around who will step into that role? Um, mate, there's no one on the market as far as I'm really aware. Maybe we can turn David Stagg into a hooker, I don't know, something like that. It'd be nice. Apparently, Justin Poor's been linked to the club, um, so we just need another um, very average front row. It'd be great. Uh, we're, we're definitely a haven for that. And as I pointed out um, today, like we still had Tommy Leroy Lars, he's a solid footballer, but he could have been a great one if he'd played in the back row. You saw him at the Broncos, didn't you, early on, mate? Now, we've got to get to the round 16 odds in just a few seconds, but there's two big questions that I found came out of uh, round 15. And, and the number one, uh, one mate, is that did you see the uh, Storm and the Seagulls on Monday night, by any chance? Yes, I did was, yes. Um, we saw an incident with uh, young Daly Cherry Evans, um, I think almost twice, to be honest. But, but he, is it now a case of it's just inevitable? And I know we've got a lot of Storm fans um, who listen to the show, but this is just a safety thing, really. Is it inevitable that we see someone seriously injured with this uh, technique that the Storm and other clubs, yes, but the Storm are very good at, where they grab the player under the arms and they use the body to um, basically shut down the head? Um, we're going to see someone in a wheelchair, aren't we? Oh, no, it's a matter of time was, and you know, and then we'll see the changes. Well, let's hope we see a change before it, but I fear that it, it, you know, that's going to be what it takes before before we really crack down on it. You know, it's it's scary, and you know, you know, teams. You know, in, in a way, it works in, in Melbourne's favour. You know, that's got to play on the mind of some of those players yep. going into the game. You know, what what's going to happen to them, and you know, that's you know, it, it's part of you know that that aura around them, and you know, knowing what's coming, that I, I think makes them such a dominant side as well. And there was one with CSA of Vave, who who did one, and he, he got away with it, and he got up like oh, I didn't do anything, and he never did that at the Sharks, and. The sad thing is, other teams are, are using it to a degree. No one is as good as the Storm. And again, they haven't been cracked down by the NRL. So as far as they're concerned, they're running within the rules of the game. And um, unfortunately, and I'm not trying to be sensationalistic here, but um, when I saw Daly Cherry Evans sort of come out of that tackle and look like he was seriously injured, I, I was like, this is not, this is just not good for the league. Um, and I'm just hopeful that um, something, so the saner heads prevail or something and they they find a different way to slow the play of the ball down because at the moment um, we're just treading two final lines. might be the game now, Oz. Did you see that, that 
breaking article today. What was that, mate? Yeah, no, Ben Hedder, they've, they've caught him. He's, he's a new Jason Stevens with the, the wedgie tackle, the wedgie. I reckon. So. Yeah, well, uh, mate, uh, that's, maybe that's the best one to do. I don't know, pull him off completely, something like that. Um, that'll slow the play the ball down for sure. The second thing that came out of not only the Melbourne Manly game, but the Roosters-Tigers game from the day before, can someone explain to me why the Rucks are so slow now? Are the referees just completely ignoring it? Because the way that to play the, ball, the play the balls were in both those games was, in a word, deplorable. They were incredibly slow. Yeah, I only caught bits and pieces of that game was as I was cursing the Tigers, but <laughs> it did seem very slow. I, you know, it's you know they'll become you know a couple of weeks down we'll have a, a crackdown on the on the rucks and they'll be good again and you know they'll go through phases and it's all over the place a little bit. The biggest concern for me, Abbott, was that Tony Archer, who I mean we had heaps of penalties in Origin too, but he was the one that um, was the main referee in the Sunday game, and he was one of the biggest guys at fault. I, I'm I'm just and I'm saying good luck to the Roosters and, and the Storm and Manly and, and the Tigers don't play that way pretty much most of the time. But if you're good enough to get away with it and the referees don't crack down, then congratulations, happy birthday to you. I'm um, slowing the play the ball down in the conventional way. But the referees, this is... I mean, Matt Checkin's in reserve grade because he made it one dud call. Whereas to me, okay, that hurt the Broncos. It didn't necessarily, I didn't think, lose, lost in the match a couple of weeks ago. But the point is, the slow the play the ball down, that turns the entire match over a course of time. Like... A team can't get back into the game if they can't get your momentum out of the, the playables. Oh, and then was it ruins the spectacle, you know, yeah. as well, doesn't it? You know, it, yeah. So I, I totally agree. That's a that's a bigger blot on the game than than you know the one one clanger, you know. So. Exactly right. Let's move to the uh, uh, tips for round number 16, buddy. i got the odds in front of me right now. Friday night, we've got the Broncos and the Rabbitohs. The Broncos are $1.45. The Rabbits are $2.80, and they get plus 6.5. I actually really like your Broncos here to run, run away with this in the late, late stages of the game. Yeah, I think I think the Broncos are, are due to put together a, a real good game. Was you know it's Petro's 300. It'll have that atmosphere back on a Friday night at, at Suncorp. Really, I know they didn't score any points last weekend, but I'm really impressed with the game. The, the back three really, Sean, uh, Miranda and Coakley were, were impressive, and, and Josh Hoffman, yeah, I, I think they'll put the pedal down and uh, blow the bunnies away Friday night. big concern for the Rabbitohs is that Greg Ingles' hyperextended elbow. Look, he uh, says he's going to play, he says he's going to be fine, um, but I mean, he did pull off some great plays against the Eels, but that was the Eels, so it could be tough for the Rabbitohs minus uh, Burgess uh, and... Uh, hampered Inglis to win that game on Friday night at Suncorp. The next match is the Dragons and the Titans at Wynn Stadium. Wow, can't you believe this? How good is this game going to be on spectacle, mate? Yeah, should be a good one, was. Yeah, I'm glad they uh, looked in the draw, what, 10 weeks ago and came up with this ripper. Uh, $1.50 for the Dragons, two sixty for the Titans, plus five and a half for one of the hottest teams in rugby league, but I'm still lacking in... I'm, la- I'm just not that impressed by the Titans, mate. They got handed a victory, I thought, by the Panthers on uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it was. Even you know, we picked them when they were flying those couple of years ago. As you know, kind of a, a one-dimensional team. They, they don't have a lot in them. If, if things go their way, um, you know, they're, they're hard to beat. Particularly now, they've improved their defence again. Um, you know, so if they 
few things fall into place are going to be hard to beat, but yeah, they're, they're fairly one-dimensional for me. But along with the Titans, <laughs> along with the Tigers, it must be the the TIs that I'd probably, <laughs> I I just can't I can't pick the Titans all year, but I'll, I'll go with the Dragons. Yeah, look, Dragons killed me last week. I thought they'd um, start well at the very least. They'd start well against the Bulldogs, uh, and it was what twenty-four nil. Um, Dragons, I'll pick them, but um, Titans look. They're playing okay football. Uh, it's just a matter of really whether the Dragons pick their game up. So we'll both go with the Dragons there. Then the Cowboys play the Raiders. Dollar thirty-four. The Cowboys three sixty-five. The Raiders plus ten and a half points for Canberra. Is there any value there, mate? Oh, I don't think so. In North Queensland, was oh, Cowboys were, were good last week. I think they're they're really going to hit their straps. I, I, I'm sorry. I think they're going to blow the Raiders away. No, mate. Don't don't apologise to me. You know that. The rise and fortunes of my team uh, are not exactly uh, heartfelt at this stage when I know my team is no chance at winning the title. When we get back into that um, form, if we ever do, um, then, mate, I'll take those kind of comments to heart. At the moment, I'm going with the Cowboys as well. Hopefully, Edric Lee gets the ball um, kicked to him from his own team this time rather than every other opposition side. The last three matches, Panthers and Eels, also Saturday night. Panthers seventy. I don't know how that is. Then again, they are playing the Eels, who are 220, plus 2.5 for Parramatta. Yeah, toss of a coin one. Uh, probably won't catch this one. I, I've got to uh, wash my hair on this night. I don't know if I'll catch this, this game. So yeah. I'll go with the Petty Panthers at home. Yeah, look, they hurt me last week, the Panthers, but they also had Lewis pull out, um, Mansour pull out. They foolishly picked Lachlan Coote again after he was smartly dropped, and then he handed two tries that turned the game against the Titans. But then again, the Eels, they've got Jared Hayne, they've got not much else. Uh, Highmarsh is playing well, Moimoy's going all right, but... Those halves are just very, very average for Parramatta. It's plus two and a half. Look, it's very hard to split them, so maybe if you like, a, think it's going to be a close game, the plus two and a half might have some value, but I'll pick Penrith as well. And then the next games are on Sunday. This is the one I'll be covering for the Bulldogs and Storm websites. Uh, Bulldogs are $2.10. Storm, $1.75. Plus two, the Bulldogs. I don't think that's enough. No, not enough. Uh, Storm, they'll just keep rolling on was. Uh, Bulldogs, good win last week, but... Yeah, the Storm are, you know, a different story altogether. They'll heard win a, and win easy. Yeah, I heard a really good comment uh, actually on Monday night. We're watching the game and um, obviously you can survive without Billy Slater if you've still got Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith in your side. It'd be interesting to see if uh, Smith or Cronk were the ones out, whether they'd have the same effect uh, or a bigger impact on the Storm. I'm sticking with uh, Melbourne to win that game. Um, and they've re-signed 1,000 players today uh, and also picked up the NYC fullback for the Knights, Kurt Mann, as well. Roosters and Seagulls, Sunday at the SFS. The Roosters, after knocking off the Tigers, uh, thanks to you, uh, 250 Eagles, $1.55, plus 4.5 for the Sydney Roosters, mate. Uh, yeah, that was the Roosters' highlight last week. They, they, you know, they're an inconsistent team. They won't do it again. Manly, good things. Yeah, I, I can't quite agree with you on the good things unless T-Rex plays, and there's a good chance that... He will line up for the Seagulls on Sunday. Obviously, if he plays, get on the Seagulls in big, big manner. But the Roosters, I don't know. Um, they looked pretty good in their four-pack last week, and I thought that was where, in the end, Jesse Bromwich basically ran all over the Seagulls late in that game. Monday night, final match, mates, is the Knights and the Tigers. 265 for the Knights, dollars fifty for the Tigers, plus six at home for the Knights. Do you think Bennett can get their boys up after another break? I'll do it for the Tigers, seeing was. Yep, I think the, the Knights can hold them out. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. So that case, I'm getting on the Tigers to win because me, Duncan, has not picked them. But that's our uh, little 
effort with you for the evening. Uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, enjoy. Uh, you got an early start with Sports Fever in the morning, 101.5 FM. Yeah, it was an uh, action-packed show again. Uh, talking to... Uh, he spent a bit of time in the Penrith lower grades, but he's uh, having a fine year for Redcliffe this year. A uh, winger by the name of Delroy Berryman playing for the Redcliffe Dolphins. So we'll be chatting to, to Delroy in the morning, as well as Jodie Schiltz, who's a local girl that's just been named uh, in the women's hockey team to uh, head off to the London Olympics. So action-packed show, mate. And quick one, how much are you looking forward to the Olympics, mate? Can't wait. The Olympics was. I... Um, the Olympics are the ultimate for me when I take plan my holidays around them, set up on the couch and um, love them. Can't get enough. Uh, very, very good. Well, everybody, May Duncan does that great show, Sports Fever. You can stream it live on 1015fm.com.au. Is that correct still, mate? Because last time I tried it, it didn't actually happen. No, I think we'll have it. There was a few issues with the, the radio station was with uh, some of those issues that we couldn't get you on with last week for <laughs> some of the, the same reasons, mate. So, yeah, it should be all sorted now and we should be away. Very good. Mate, Duncan, thanks for being on the show. We'll speak to you next week on Not The Footy Show. Good on you, was. All right, there he was. Matty Duncan up there in Queensland giving you the tips for round 16 and talking about a few uh, very topical uh, issues coming out of last week. We've got... The show just keeps going, everybody. We've got DC Chapman. In just a few seconds, let me see if I can find him. Here he goes. Let's see if he answers. Here, not the footy show. DC Chapman's on the line, everyone. Uh, to go through a couple of things that uh, are very... You know, they tipped his interest earlier in the week. Uh, we're going to be talking about past players that uh, maybe don't get the kudos they deserve. But the first one to kick off with, mate, is Glenn Stewart did his, well, didn't do his knee massively, but he's hurt his uh, medial. Uh, he probably will miss Game 3. Billy Slater's been spotted walking around without um, any sort of brace on his leg and looking fine, mate. He's a chance for Origin 3. So, well, GT yeah. might have been right. And um, then there's Greg Bird, who's got a pectoral injury, mate. Uh, all of a sudden, it looks like New South Wales are the ones in trouble and not Queensland. Can you worry in your Yeah. Uh, what do you do, mate, if you're uh, Ricky Stewart and you lose uh, at least one of Glenn Stewart or Greg Bird? Yeah, well, you do the best with what you got. Um, <laughs> Greg, Greg Bird is very much underrated, I think, in, in what he does sort of behind the scenes. In, in that team, and those are those pectoral strains and whatnot. They they don't heal real quickly, so that that's quite worrying. Um, Snake, I I don't know. I surely he'll be right for the game, won't he? Or or Glenn Stewart, one of the two. That fella. <laughs> yeah, uh, he actually I reckon won't play. Um, but if uh, uh, Tony Williams actually ends up uh, playing this weekend or next weekend. I think the smartest option is to bring him straight into the team. There's been talk that Ryan Hoffman should get picked, but let's be honest, we want an impact player coming off the bench because Luke Lewis will start, and we want someone like Tony Williams off the bench, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Sounds pretty good to me, mate. Really? Oh, well, surely Tony Williams can do better than what he's been doing. Well, he has. He's played, what, four games for the year? Yeah, but he, he, he was doing so well. 
when he was on form, when he was, you know, he's got potential to do really well, but you, you would want to see it before you put him back in the side, wouldn't you? No, I think you saw it in the, the 20 minutes he played in game number one, bud, before he got hurt. Uh, Queensland couldn't tackle him, and we need that in our side. As, as solid a player as Ryan Hoffman is, um, the only value you get out of him is you're playing for 60 minutes. I don't think there's 60 minutes sitting there, uh, given looking at the, the Blues team for, for Hoffman to play. And I think you have a Ben Cray situation where, you know, in the club structure where he has a, a particular position and a particular style that he can play, and he's a really good footballer. But you put him in the um, New South Wales team where there's 20 minutes on offer and he has to play a hybrid prop second row position, and, and you don't see the best of the footballer. Whereas a Tony Williams, you can put in and just say, run the ball and run over guys. Yeah, and he'll know how to do it. <laughs> Good and proper. Yeah, exactly, he'll mate. He'll just cannonball himself. Um, in, in, Inglis will obviously go to fullback if Billy Slater won't be right, but I think you'll see, uh, as GT tipped last week, uh, I'm glad I didn't put any money on that, um, yeah. Billy Slater at fullback for the Maroons. Bird will probably play. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Now, you came up with a question, buddy, uh, during the week. I asked if you had any things you wanted to talk about, and you'd seen an article on Brett Kenny, and essentially the question is, which players of today could become forgotten heroes in the future, uh, like Brett Kenny seems to have in this whole immortal debate. Yeah, it was actually Wally Lewis. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Wally Lewis, who's a champion yeah. and he hasn't been forgotten, but we'll say Brett Kenny just for the, the sake of it. Well, yeah, I, it, it, is it because there was someone else that overshadowed him or, or was it just simply because he wasn't, I don't know, enough sparking in the media or, or, or you know it's just there's, there's a few the one that I'm thinking of today is Cooper Cronk he, he really is a very decent player and people rate him but he's not he's not really one of the superstars of the game um, and I yeah well, I, I was going to put it out there to the listeners to write in and, and tell us who they think of the, the, the underrated players who, who really should be superstars, but you know, because there's someone like one person else ahead of them, um, it just seems it just seems bad that, that Brett Kenny, if he really was as good as what Wally Lewis thought he was, he probably should, you know, be one of the big time names in the game, and it's just you know that that step back. Mm. And have you thought of anyone was? Yeah, I know what you're saying, buddy. Um, the 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 aspect, I guess, looking at at the current lineups, and I have got a few teams in front of me right now, but. You say a guy like Cooper Cronk, obviously he, he loses that star power aspect compared to a Cameron Smith or a Billy Slater. And as you say, it sort of takes, even when last year, when all the two years ago, when um, Greg Inglis was still there, he was still the fourth banana uh, to a fair extent. Um, of the players in the game today, I guess, that could fit that category is, is does Robbie Farrer ever get out of the shadow of Benji Marshall? Yeah, um, true, true. You know, uh, let's have a look through here. Um, well, Ben Barber, will he ever get the same uh, recognition? Maybe in, in I don't know. He's not gonna, probably not going to play Origin for a while. Um, he's a brilliant yeah. player, and I love him. But is he ever going to get the same um, in the glowing terms as a Billy Slater? He's obviously got to be as good a player. But you know what I mean? That, that's that kind of angle. And the other one that I think comes up um, immediately is Matty Bowen uh, playing second fiddle to Jonathan Thurston. Oh, yeah. I mean, he carved yeah, up the Broncos on Friday night. Yeah, he's one that I didn't, wouldn't have thought of unless you said that. But yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he sort of has had a bit of uh, an injury worry back there, uh, you know, a few years back. Yeah. And, um, but it, it makes you think, doesn't it? It's a very fickle game, and unless you can sort of make hay while the sun shines, you know, you might not get your kudos. Well, I think a player that will be forgotten, unfortunately, and I don't think he should be because I think he's been a 
fantastic player and a servant of the game, as I think you'll see. Uh, he'll probably stay in the media, which will help him, but Nathan Highmarch probably won't ever be considered the great player that he was when everyone looks back on his career. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that as well. He really was, in his heyday, just an absolutely barnstorming forward. And, um, yeah, I suppose forward to a, to a large degree get forgotten about, don't they? I mean, there's, there's you know, Wetkies and uh, Talises along the way. But, yeah, well, yeah, he will get... I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was a superstar at one point, so I think he'll always go down as one of the best, but... The longevity of it is, is, you know, you've got to try and be at the top for a long time, don't you? And he sort of hasn't been able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a massive fan of Nathan Highmarks, but I think he will probably end up falling into that unfortunate um, angle of, you know, you're just missing out on uh, getting quite the, the recognition. And, and another guy that comes to yeah. mind is, is Willie Mason. He was at the top of his game at the age of 25 or 26. And look what's happened mm-hmm. in the last five years. And he won't ever be considered the great player that he was because of how he ended his career. And that's, I think that's a bit sad. But I also think it's warranted. Uh, I think, you know, being able to do it for a long, long time is part of being a great player. So, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's all justified to a degree. Okay, well, we'll apply that, I don't know, about 10 years we'll get together and have a look at a lot of the players that uh, are playing around now who have probably gone out of the game. We'll see where they stack up. If you've got any suggestions for players that you think don't get the credit they deserve, we're not talking guys like Ryan Hinchcliffe who are good footballers, but who aren't stars. I mean, we're talking about the ones who are stars that don't quite get uh, the recognition yeah, that's right. um, that you think they probably would have deserved by the time their careers end. Uh, buddy, we've got a couple of feedback files I'm going to go through with you. Uh, we've got one from Shoanna Annersley on Facebook. She simply asks, why does Paris suck? <laughs> Gosh, that's, uh, I could answer that, but it'd take me an hour, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You try and keep it at a, at a small amount, but have a crack. I think attitude and, and team attitude is very hard to come by. Um, when when something happens, when a small spark happens, and everyone gets a, a you know a bit of a, a sniff of of, just, of of victory, that for some reason it, it's it's very hard to, to make happen. But when it does happen, teams just just ride it, um, you know and. and when you try and make it happen, it's almost like it has the adverse effect. Um, when you try and too hard, it just doesn't, just seems to not happen. But It's funny how you, um, you say, you look at the, the quality of their side now, and then you compare it to the team that made it to the grand final in 2009. Um, I don't think there's massive, massive, massive differences in the sides. I mean, if you no. remember, Daniel Mortimer was the guy running the show back then, and Jeff Robson was there, and you know, like, you need a good run. Um, to make things happen, and unfortunately for the Eels, it's been a negative run the entire uh, entire season. Um, so, Shoana, unfortunately, I think you've just got the problem. You've got two absolutely quality players in Nathan Highmarsh and Jared Hayne, and you've got a whole bunch of nifnuffs, and you're paying, overpaying for guys who are just solid footballers and not superstars. So, do you know? Do you know what you need though, as well? Though you do need someone in the middle of the field that knows how to direct the team around the park. It's not just having three three players in flair. And not having a level-headed guy who can make the right decisions and guide the ball in the right direction. I'm making at the moment. I'm making reference to the, to the half eight and the five eight. <laughs> I'm just making sure that you are talking eight. about um, Mr. Consistency, Chris Sando and Ben Roberts. Yeah, 
Smith, unless you're the Tigers who have got Robbie Farrow, pretty much. But he, uh, I want to have a quick yeah, look at the right, yeah. NRL Tweet Player of the Year award votes after 15 rounds. And uh, Billiam Slater's out there on 53 votes, mate. He's still at the top. And he's followed by Paul Gallon on 41. And Cooper Cronk's moved up into third. He's on 40 votes, mate. Uh, any ideas who might be uh, coming up after those three? Slater, Gallon, and Cronk? Oh, gosh. Farrow. No, Farrow's not even in the top 20, mate. He's just outside it. I remember this is club form. This isn't. This is an origin form. John Thurston. John Thurston. He's uh, in sixth spot. He follows Greg Inglis, who's obviously having a great year on thirty-eight points. Sean Johnson okay, for the yeah. Warriors on yeah, thirty-six. Yeah, yeah. Matty Bowen's there as well, thirty-six. Benji Marshall, thirty-five. TC Todd Carney, thirty-three. Barber, thirty-one. Then Cameron Smith, twenty-seven. Uh, votes. A couple of the names that are in that top twenty are Josh Reynolds, Aaron Woods, uh, Ben Manalino, Corey Norman and even Jamie Lyon that makes an appearance. If you uh, want to follow those awards during the weekend, just follow the hashtag on Twitter, NRLTweetPOTY. That's NRLTweetPOTY for Player of the Year. Uh, but if we have to Reynolds go to your tips... Well, uh, sorry? Josh Reynolds, he's, he's stepped out of the block this, this year. He's, he's really stepped up to yeah, the he's, a, like he's one of those funny ones. I'm, I'm still not convinced that he's a, he's a standout first grader, but he's, he's getting the job done for the uh, Bulldogs, there's no doubt about that, especially when his half-partner is Chris Keating. Uh, buddy, <laughs> we've got to talk about another feedback file. It's from Vinnie Parmigiana, our favourite man um, over yeah. there in New Zealand. First of all, he wants to know where our, where his GT tips are, and I'll just say, well, I don't know, because even I didn't get GT's tips this week, uh, which is a bit unlucky. Um, he also said something like, uh, look, this weekend it's 1v2 with the Storm and the Bulldogs, and it's 3v4 with the Broncos and Rabbitohs. Isn't that great to have epic games? And then I pointed out that it's also 15 versus 16 with the Panthers and Eels, so that kind of that, yeah. <laughs> takes the, the gloss off it. Then he had something, something, Queensland, 7-0, something, something. I, I didn't quite read that properly. He was going about something. Um, but Vinny wants to know, do you think this is the best... Uh, do you think that basically, I think, is it the 1 and 2, so Bulldogs and Storm, and the 3 and the 4, the Broncos and Rabbitohs, is that a fair reflection of the top four teams this year? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That, that's a pretty good representative. Yeah, uh, yes. Short answer, yes. <laughs> Very good. All right, two teams that aren't playing this week are the Sharks and the Warriors, who played an interesting game last weekend. I still can't believe the Warriors lost that match. But um, I'll quickly give you the table, everybody, before we get DC's tips for round number 16. The Storm, the Bulldogs, the Broncos, the Rabbitohs, the Sharks, the Cowboys, the Tigers, and the Seagulls make up your top eight. And there's a four-point gap to the Warriors, the Titans, the Dragons, the Raiders, the Roosters, all on 14 points. That's from uh, Knights to 13th, and then the Knights are on 12, the Panthers on 10, and those poor old Parramatta Eels with two wins from 13 starts on eight points. Friday night, buddy, the Broncos take on the Rabbitohs. Broncos. Okay, DC with Luxie's Broncos. Then the Dragons take on the Titans. What happened to your Dragons last week? Say that again? What happened to your Dragons last week? No, oh, yes. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> Who are you going to pick, though? Hey. Yeah, I'm going to pick him this week because I think they'll step up. They had a good second half last week and hopefully they'll, they'll 
Yeah, you might not want to give the Titans uh, three try advantage at the start of the match. Cowboys and yeah. Raiders. Cowboys. Okay, then we've got the Panthers and the Eels in the uh, battle for the spoon. Yeah, Panthers haven't been impressing me, but uh, I've got to take them. Yeah, it's very hard to pick the Eels, isn't it? Um, Bulldogs and Storm. Storm. Okay, Roosters and Seagulls. Seagulls. And to finish off the favourite central, will you be taking the Tigers or the Knights? Tigers. Hey, favourites a go-go from DC Chapman. Uh, we'll have Maroo up in just a few seconds, but my tips are the Broncos, the Dragons, the Cowboys, the Panthers, the Bulldogs, uh, sorry, the, the Storm, the Seagulls, and I'm tempted by the Knights, but they stuffed me up last time against the Raiders, so I've got to pick the Tigers. So it's favourite. back to the favourite uh, uh, way that works for you, mate, for me this week. Yeah, I'm not looking at who's the favourite I'm picking it. It's just, it's very hard to, you know, you look at the two teams and who's the better side and that's who you're picking. Yeah, but see, I did that last week, mate, and I got, like, two from seven, so I'm, I'm going back to picking favourites. <laughs> All right, buddy. Um, fried rice, buddy. Uh, I can tell everybody that Maria is going to take the Cowboys as her fried rice. GT hasn't got me his tip, so he misses out on the top fried rice selection. He'll get whoever has ended up at the end. Um, then we've got Matt, he's taking the Storm as his fried rice. I'm taking the Broncos as my fried rice. So that leaves you, uh, Nick is taking the Seagulls as his fried rice. And I'll go through his tips in just a few seconds, but who do you want as your fried rice, mate? Bit of Tigers? Uh, tigers? Yep. No, you'll take that, that's okay. alright. I can tell everyone that Nick's picks are the same as yours and mine. Favourites across the board, so uh, not very interesting stuff. From not the footage shows tips is this weekend, that's for sure. Sometimes buddy, you've got to do it, was. Indeed. Buddy, uh, we will speak to you again, I'm sure, next week on Not the Footy Show. Any any final words for uh, the Blues selectors as they consider the final team to end this uh, six-year reign of terror? Just just keep your head about you. Don't, don't get all excited and, and, and do something rash. Just let's keep charging on this on this uh, this momentum and, and, and let's make it happen. And stop taking phone calls from Queensland businessman, is that right? Yes, that's right, yeah. Very good. DC Chapman, we'll speak to you again next time here on The Footy Show. Okay, talk to you soon. And barely, here we were talking about them defending their line and staying strong before half-time. Well, they have gone crash, boom, where? Okay, there he was, everybody. DC Chapman, I've got to finish up the show with our Queen of Rugby League, and it's apt on Women in League Round, Maria Cialis. Let's see if she answers the phone. I wouldn't. Throw me a frickin' phone here. I'm the boss. Need the info. Hello? G'day, Maria. It's Warwick. How you doing? Good, how are you? Can Welcome. you hear me properly? Yes, I can hear you fine. All the listeners are extremely proud to hear you've taken time out from your Barry Manilow concert to talk to us here on Not The Footy Show. Thanks. I'm just, uh, I'm just in the car, actually. So uh-uh, okay. How was how was Barry Manilow tonight? Was he pumping? Um, yeah, he was amazing. Actually, I'm actually seriously going to the Beach Blues in August. So. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm just saying it's a girlfriend. Can I just clarify that? Okay, that's all right then. I'll, I'll allow it, but I can't believe how close I actually was. Um, Maria, it's uh, Women in League Round. Um, it's been coming up on us. We saw little things for it last week. Uh, I think the um, one of the games in the weekend used the Women in League ball. Uh, and it's all happening this weekend in round number 16. Uh, what have you been up to this week? I'm sure there's been a few lunches to go to. Um, there was a lunch on Tuesday, the 15th, 
Oh no. Is there something is there something coming up at the end of this week for you? No, no, So basically you've you it's women in the league round and you get to go nowhere. a bit unfortunate. Look, is there anything that um, people should be looking out for at games this weekend that you're aware of uh, tied to the women in league round? Um, I think it's mostly just for the Okay, Maria, it's very... We're, we're it's actually really hard to hear at the moment. Uh, I don't know if anyone's actually picked up an audible word since we started speaking, so it's just we can't actually hear what she's saying. So, Maria... Um, what we're going to do is we're going to just quickly get you to tell us who your tips are for round number 16. And, um, and then we'll... Oh, can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you perfectly now. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? How do you build America's Good. largest wireless network? Can you hear me now? Good. By never being satisfied. Can you hear me now? Good. Until no matter where you go... Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Your call goes through. Can you hear me now? Good. Oh, I've, I've just gone back to my phone instead of the hands-free. Okay, so we're... we're and can we're... I get a ticket you're paying for it? <laughs> yes, not the footy show listeners will definitely chip in. Um, what was So you're saying, what, where I asked the question, what's happening on the actual game days with Women in League Ground? As far as I'm aware, I think most of the pink jerseys at the clubs are doing, so that's the Cowboys, Dragons, Roosters, Pink Panthers... Yep. Anyone else? Um, I think a lot of them will be auctioning off their jerseys afterwards to go to the McGrath Foundation, that kind of stuff. So okay, I think the Tigers as well are, are going to because of, obviously, Robbie Farrow's mother. Yes. Um, um, obviously, that was very sad um, to happen very last sad. weekend. Um, and, Maria, the, the, the work of, um, I guess, you've probably uh, done a few stories or, or been across a few stories for Big League this week. Uh, yes. I We have a Q&A with... Um, Catherine Harris, who's the female board member of the ARLC. Okay. Yeah, uh, we've got. I did a story with um, Sonia Lewis and Madeline Burt, um, just about trying to dispel the myths of you know what a wag is. I hate that <laughs> word, um, but they're wonderful and they do a lot of stuff you know that's not related to following their. Are you trying to around. tell me? Are you trying to tell me that Wag Nation is not a real reflection of life? <laughs> And like she was holding her new baby, and she has two other kids, and she was like, you know, I'm, I rushed to get out the door in the morning. I, I have no idea where this idea of you know champagne and lunches and designer clothes comes from. You mean they don't sit down there talking to a producer and reading the words off a script about how they feel about their husband's um, game on the weekend? Apparently not. Oh. They don't ask him about. Um, did you see that one? There was this one really awkward scene with one of the AFL ones, and she asked her fiancé about his groins, which was confusing. Uh, anywho. Well, there are two groins, apparently. There's not just one. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, a big story with um, the Sims. Oh, ah, cool. And there's uh, a, I believe there's a there's a fourth Sim. Yeah, she's, um, she plays for New South Wales. In, I think they're, they're doing an origin game. Okay, cool. But yeah, yeah, she plays rugby league as well. And she's a gun, apparently, so not surprisingly. Yeah. Hey, um, that's very good to hear. And uh, that's out tomorrow, I'm assuming, in all good news agencies. 
I won't go back to the North Regions Agency ever again um, <laughs> on your orders. Uh, look, I have a question that I, I did. Now I've got a decent signal. I'll ask you the question. It's from Twitter. It's from Jono Charteris, I think his name is. And he asked, basically, in the, in the New Zealand Herald today, Jacob Lumen came out and said that he'd be okay about missing out to a Kiwi for origin, i.e. Sam Cassiano. And he wants to know what our thoughts are on that. Uh, should Queenslanders, or should Nesbeth Welshman, be happy when a player who... Theoretically, like Sam Cassiano signs a letter of intent to play for New Zealand, uh, decides he wants to play Origin instead. Absolutely not. That's not okay. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, I think um, if okay, so they got Sam Cassiano to sign New Zealand rugby league, got him to sign a piece of paper saying that he declared his eligibility. And they then come out and say, actually, that piece of paper means nothing. So this obviously needs to be changed. If Sam Cassiano feels like he's part Queenslander, I have no problem with that. I mean, I have my grandparents and I understand that kind of thing. Yep. But um, if he's 16 or 18 and he's on paper and says, I'm thanks for this country, then that should be it, yep. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's funny. There's a really good quote from Graham Lowe, who used to coach Queensland and New Zealand. And uh, he said, it's no good, this is in relation to the, the document that Cassiano is said to have signed. He said, it's no uh, good crying over spilt milk. Uh, New Zealand had the opportunity to pick um, both Cassiano and Tamau, and they didn't. It's no good naming a 500-man squad and saying they're in that. You've got to have the stones to uh, go on the line and say, right, they are test players, we want them, and they're in the team now. He's basically saying, it's no good thinking that you can get them down the track by just saying, oh, you should play for us. He's saying if, if they're really upset about losing them, they should have picked them when they had the chance. Part of the problem lies with Mel Meninga and Ricky Stewart. Yeah. Um, you know, why don't they just pick people who are actually from New South Wales and Queensland? Do we not have any good players? I don't understand that. <laughs> uh, interesting that you bring up that thing, though. Uh, Felicity Mateo in the same article said, um, Your phone is going off. Uh, says, I'm a big, right, I'm good, I'm good. He says, I'm a big believer that the best players uh, play. That was Felicity Mateo's response. And the funniest thing about the Lilliman comment is that these are his two direct quotes. He says, if I'm perfectly honest, I'm not too phased about the whole Cassiano uh, situation. And then a paragraph later, he says, but it's not a good thing for the game. <laughs> so um, it, it's not the only people who are confused. It's, it's, a, it's a messy situation. I still honestly believe that uh, you play for who you think you belong to. Um, and hopefully that's something that is established when you're a teenager. Hopefully that's something that isn't a decision when you get to the age of uh, 22 or 23 and all of a sudden you're in first grade and you've got the chance to play Origin. You should know in the heart of hearts who you want to play for uh, back when you are a teenager. Absolutely. And, um, you know, like, uh, we were having this discussion at work for about half an hour yesterday. The problem with, you know, them offering Origin players more money, like the 50 grand a game yeah. that they've been talking about, is if you're a New Zealand player who gets nothing because you don't play that series, um, that could be half <laughs> of what you get paid a year. Correct. You know, extra. So, unfortunately, I mean... You like to think you wouldn't give up your country allegiance because of money, but they only have a short career. Like it wouldn't be that um, that surprising to me, to be honest. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting subject, and I think we're still going to see it continue over the I don't know how long, but we're going to see the same issues raise their head time and time again. Um, someone that would have had to have deal dealt with a bit of this uh, during the week is Ross Smart, who is now the former media manager of the Canterbury Bulldogs. And um, you've dealt with him, obviously, a lot. Uh, we had him on the grand final show last week, but 
Um, look, I've got to give him a wrap. He's, he's a very accessible uh, media manager. And what are your thoughts on uh, his departure from the club? Oh, I'm very sad about it. He, um, he was always great with me. And, um, you know, I could call him or email him and within 10 minutes I'd have that player on the phone or I'd, I'd at least have an acknowledgement of getting them later in the in the day. Um, I also think the stuff he did proactively for the dogs was really good. Yep. Um, a lot of clubs don't do that. A lot of the clubs are really reactive, but he have, was part of the community kind of stuff as well, and he really put forward a lot of good stuff. And, you know, the Bulldogs need that, still need that, will always need that after several bad things. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Let's not talk about those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's no, so, there's yeah. no truth to the rumour that you're uh, up for this job, are you? Is there? Uh, yes, uh, look, I actually, yeah, I've heard some names going up for it. Um, but I do believe that, that Ross is getting out of rugby league and he's going to tourism. So what a genius. He gets his weekends off. Uh, no more 24-7 monitoring of rugby league. The man is a genius and he's probably getting paid a whole lot more money to go and do that. So congratulations, Ross. Um, one of those uh, first media managers that I ever met uh, in different roles that I had. Uh, and he did an outstanding job there at the Bulldogs. Yes, and um, I'll, I'll probably be out of a job soon anyway, so... Well, we've had um, Brad Wilder on uh, earlier in the show, Maria. I'd encourage you to listen to his interview and, and hear basically what the Fairfax uh, boys and girls down there have been told, so... Uh, yeah, it's worth I actually... Um, I used to work there, so I've yep. got a few friends there and feel very, very badly for them. Yep, um, it is a very interesting time, and unfortunately, I think the big thing that's been the discussion of our uh, office in the last... Uh, four or five days is uh, we keep churning out uh, media students, but where are they going to go? Um, to the dog queue, <laughs> like the rest of us. Yeah, or PR, or um, basically, yeah, uh, that's essentially what the the places that we go. Maria, you do a great job in big leagues, so don't you worry about it, all right? Um, <laughs> and uh, we will definitely speak to you again here on Not the Free Show. Got your t- tips very, very quickly. Friday night, the Broncos and the Rabbits. Broncos. And then we have the. Terrible Dragons versus the sort of not terrible Titans? Yeah, I think the Titans. I don't know why. Well, they're actually winning games. Uh, Cowboys and Raiders? Uh, Cowboys. <laughs> yep, like any sane person. Uh, Panthers and Eels? I think, uh, I, I think I picked the Eels. This will be the third time. This is the last time. They better win something. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty awful. Um, Bulldogs and Storm. This one's up a bit in Mackay. They've decided not to go to Adelaide this year. They're going to Mackay to play in Benny Barber's hometown. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Um, sadly, I'm going to miss it because I'll be at the races, but I think the Bulldogs will win. Very good. Um, no surprises there. You're not picking with colours anymore, so it makes complete sense. Uh, roosters <laughs> and Seagulls, this is the one you'll be at on Sunday. Yeah, I think the Roosters. Uh, I, I don't know why either. Um, <laughs> I don't know why uh, Knights uh, versus Tigers. Tigers. Yeah, uh, let's see if they can get back on the winning streak. Matty Duncan hasn't picked them this week, as he declared last week. The moment that he first picked the Tigers in seven weeks was last week, and he announced, watch me stop them, and stop them he did. Uh, it's a pretty impressive effort from Matty Duncan. Maria, we're done. Women in the league around. I hope you really enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed your, your couple of days off and you haven't been too stressed about all this news with media. And um, hopefully uh, everybody, or well, hopefully I can pick up a big league tomorrow at my local news agency. And, uh, yeah, Origin starts again on tomorrow. So uh, how, keen, how keen are you for Game 3? Come on. Uh, I'm super keen, but I've decided not to go up there because I want to enjoy it with some alcohol. <laughs> Either way, you know, if we lose, I can do my sorrows. If we win, I can party. By the sounds of that, you've uh, decided there's going to be no alcohol at um, Suncorp Stadium. That seems like a little bit... Uh... 
Rare? Well, I'd have to sit in the media section, which would be terrible because I couldn't even applaud. <laughs> you know, yeah, without, that without getting lynched. Um, Maria, Will New South Wales win game three? Oh, I tell you what, I think they're a lot bigger chance this year of winning it than they were, than they were last year. But I don't know if they'll win. The good news is I don't think there's any way we can play worse than we did in game three last year. True. So and um, I just get a different feeling from them. I don't know. I, I think they were, they're, they're just different. So yeah, they, are, they are different. There's a different number nine. Uh, Maria, <laughs> you gave me that one. I couldn't say no to that. Yeah, um, Maria Cialis, thanks for being with us. Uh, she writes in Big League magazine. And as you've just heard, she does great here at work here on Not The Footy Show. Thanks for being with us, Maria. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Cheap, mm-hmm. nasty, mm-hmm. and downright boring. Not The Footy Show. Okay, there she was, Maria Cialis. And that's Not The Footy Show, episode 112. I've been Warwick Nicholson, your host. No eyes this week. Uh, the young fella, though, tipped really well last week. I think he got four from seven. So congratulations to the young man. I'll have his tips on the website, wdnicholson.com. You can follow me at Emerald Tweet. And make sure you jump over to iTunes, give us a rating, or just on your Twitter account, as Oh Yeah Rachel did uh, last week. Give us a wrap. Tell your friends about it. If they, if you enjoy it, they might enjoy it too. Uh, you can obviously catch, um, hopefully, a YouTube video in the near future. We haven't had one up for a while, but uh, we will... As soon as the DC and I get a chance, um, we're still obviously still doing the podcast, but the videos have just taken a bit of a break. And as we've said, everybody, thanks for being a loyal listener of Not The Footy Show. We enjoy doing the show, and I enjoy getting good guests on. Brad Boulder, thanks very much for being on. Maria Cialis, May Duncan, and DC Chapman. And as DC Chapman says, likes to say, enjoy your league, league lovers. Yeah, league lovers. It's harder to say than you think. I'll speak to you next week, everybody. It's Warren Nicholson. Ta-da. Well, I have gone crash gloom where? Not The Footy Show. Appreciate it on Twitter if you can tell me what Bamani Jones is saying on PDI. Honestly, what is he talking about? See everyone. You see this right here? This is a panky rag. I've been wearing this on this program quite often. I look up on television the other day and what do I see? LeBron James at his press conference with a panky rag. It's bad enough that I start losing my hair. Now he wants to lose his hair. I can't even do full court dunks anymore because LeBron's been jacking my style for so long. But I had this panky rag to myself. I don't blame him. I wear a panky rag. The OG at my breakfast spot wears a panky rag. It's the, it, it is what we wear when we up on this level. But LeBron, get your own, man. Now I'm gonna have to grow some hair. What, what level exactly are we at for Money Jones? What the 26% win percentage? Now? We at the level given by Panky Rang Power. How do you spell Panky Rang Power? Bill, you need to get a Panky Rang, then you won't listen to Wilson Phillips. Just go away now. I've had a gut call you the whole game. Oh, I see. We need for five minutes. Fun Ball Supporter Challenge proudly brought to you by. Not the Show.